It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 11th, 2019. My name is Phil Prosser-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about a pair of weekend blowouts that the Magic won. Orlando with two pretty comfortable and impressive victories over the weekend against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. We'll talk about those games, some of the implications coming out of those games as Orlando now sits a game and a half out of the final playoff spot. We'll talk about the Markel Fultz deal today. We'll talk about the team that the Magic actually have as as Fultz did pass his physical. uh, The deal did become official, but of course, there's still a lot to get to there as well. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for Locked On in the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail, plus a national podcast, Locked On NBA, and a fantasy podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I know they talk about Jonathan Isaac, who is looking really, 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 really good of late, and I think Josh Lloyd tells his followers to pick up Jonathan Isaac in your fantasy leagues at this rate, I would advise you do the same. You can check out all those podcasts plus NFL, MLB, and College 2 by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So let's start then with the Magic's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. On Saturday, Orlando traveled to Milwaukee Got a little bit of a break with Giannis Antetokounmpo sitting out with uh, right knee soreness, and it didn't look like it would matter early on. Eric Bledsoe was driving into the lane and, and getting bullying his way to the basket like he did in the last matchup in Orlando. Milwaukee took an 8-0 lead. And from that point on, the Orlando Magic dominated the rest of the game. Defensively, they were better. Offensively, they were better. They were the better team. Milwaukee shot a horrid percentage from beyond the arc. The Magic took a big lead in the third quarter, and never looked back. They dominated them, holding the Bucks to the lowest point total of the season, a 106-86 victory, a 104-84 victory. It was domination in all forms for the Orlando Magic. Whether it was Jonathan Isaac having a big game, both uh, offensively and defensively, whether it's Nikola Vucevic providing some solid play, although he shot it in, uh, somewhat inefficiently. Whether it was... Isaiah Briscoe even attacking the basket effectively and scoring effectively. Or Terrence Ross making shots like he always does. This was a dominating performance. But this road trip, this three-game road trip the Magic are currently on, featured one of the most difficult back-to-backs of the entire schedule. A 9 o'clock tip-off Eastern time in Milwaukee, heading down to a 7.30 tip-off in Atlanta. Orlando, by all accounts, didn't land in Atlanta until a little bit after 3. Probably didn't get to their hotel room until a little bit after 4. So, a long plane ride, 
a grueling game, albeit in a blowout. And even against a Hawks team, this smelled like a schedule loss. But it wasn't. The Magic weren't going to make any excuses. They weren't going to change much of what they're doing. They found a way not only to win, but to dominate again. Orlando opening up as much as a 27-point lead against the Atlanta Hawks in a 124-106 victory. Or 124-108 victory, excuse me. It was, again, domination in in its purest form. Sure, Orlando was a little shaky at the beginning, but then Jonathan Isaac took over with his defense. Uh, In one play in the first half, he intercepted an alley-oop attempt that led to an Aaron Gordon lob. Uh, In the second quarter, he blocked John Collins three times on the same possession. Three of his five blocks in the game. And Atlanta wasn't going in the bent, going into the paint. They they had 40 points in the paint, four second chance points, turned the ball over only 11 times. Orlando just beat them. Beat them silly. Defended well, protected the three-point line, protected the paint, made everything difficult for Atlanta. Well, they moved the ball and played efficiently and made shots on their end. This has been a growing trend for Orlando that they're making shots right now. They're playing really good offense, but the Magic were, by far, again, the better team. It, it, honestly, like it was a hard game to analyze because Orlando was just so good. I would argue that their game against Milwaukee was one of the more complete performances that they've had all season. And then they not only matched it, but maybe maybe surpassed it, probably not because of the opponent, but they at least matched it with another really good effort against Atlanta. This was not an easy back-to-back to sweep. I know they, the opponent in Atlanta probably made you think, oh, that should be a win, and Milwaukee was the one you stole. But these were both big games for Orlando because they caught a break with Milwaukee. They took advantage of it. And then they took care of a team that they are clearly better than, that they're well ahead of in the standings, and that they should take care of. Maybe not like this, but certainly should take care of most nights. It's really not until the fourth quarter that Atlanta found any type of rhythm offensively. The Magic were just that much better. That much better that really outside of Jonathan Isaac's incredible defensive plays that that really did seem like they demoralized the Hawks. Outside of those plays, Orlando didn't do anything spectacular. They were just solid all the way around. Everyone did something good and positive to the team that benefited and led to the win. Of note, perhaps, no player in the Magic's regular rotation had a negative plus-minus. It wasn't until the bench came in, the deep bench, you know, Emile Jefferson, Melvin Frazier, Jaron Grant, that the Magic let go of the rope a little bit. This was not a 16-point game. This was a 25-point game. No offense to the Hawks. The Magic beat them silly. The Magic beat them up, beat them really well. They took care of business. And that's not something we've always said about the Magic. I'm going to comment on that in just a moment. But there really wasn't much to say. It was, you know, a perfectly normal, regular game where the Magic were the better team and they played like it, didn't do anything special or spectacular, played it, and moved on. And honestly, 
that might be the most impressive thing is how the Magic reacted to getting this critical back-to-back, moving to within a game and a half of the final playoff spot as Miami falls to Golden State and now is now tied with Detroit for that eighth spot. Orlando is taking care of business. They've won five of their last six games now. They've won three in a row. And they find themselves squarely in the playoff race as All-Star Week begins. And that's something which we'll talk about in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, it wasn't a spectacular or particularly noteworthy game uh, from an individual standpoint. Magic just incredibly balanced throughout the entire lineup. I'll run through the final box score real fast for you. Uh, my player of the game was Jonathan Isaac. 17 points, only three rebounds, two steals, five blocks, six for 12 shooting, three for seven from beyond the arc. I know I've been on this for several weeks now. You can see Jonathan Isaac putting all the pieces together. You can see how he's really comfortable and confident in his role and how he's making a really positive contribution to this team. Had 17 against the Hawks. I think he had 15 or 19 maybe, against the the Bucs. He was in the teens again. Those score lines are becoming consistent. And and like I've been kind of harping on, I know I wrote a big article on it, the Magic need to trust him and give him more responsibility. He is ready for it. He is killing his role. Uh, I think Steve Clifford's even said he wants to find a way to get Isaac more involved and more touches because he is doing really good things, and he's smart. He's not forcing anything right now. But really... The confidence and, and the improvement that we're seeing from Jonathan Isaac are coming most from are coming most from his defense, where he is making just these incredible plays. That three block possession on John Collins, those were not like anything small. He blocked the layup. Collins got the rebound, tried to regather, and Collins is a great finisher. He's gonna be in the dunk contest. And blocked him again. Atlanta tried to reset, found the ball to Collins, thought they had Isaac off balance, blocked him again. These were like plays where he went out of his area, met Collins near the rim on a layup, and blocked the shot before it released from his hand, or as it released from his hand. And he kept it in play, honestly, which is another thing. Isaac is making these plays more and more. And, it, and you know, I, I described the, the, these plays to stick out in my head. It's, you know, honestly, it was Isaac's play that defined this game for me. When I, when I think about what the Magic did in both the Hawks and the Bucks game this weekend, it's Isaac's energy defensively that's making a huge difference. He's obviously still got a ways to go on both ends. I mean, he's still extremely young. But we're seeing him come into his own. And when Isaac plays like this, the Magic are a significantly better team. I mean, we talk about how small the margin of error is for the Magic. Isaac playing like this and... and, and Honestly, the way we project Isaac to grow helps shrink that margin of error because you look at the the rundown of, of scores here. No real dominant scores. Terrence Ross at 18 on 4 for 12 shooting. He made 8 free throws. Isaac and Fournier had 17. I'll talk about Evan in a moment. Vooch had 19. 
Aaron had 12. DJ Augustin had 14. Wesawandu had 10. Super balanced scoring in this game. It was super balanced scoring against Milwaukee, too. And so it's everyone sharing the load right now. It's everyone getting their turn, the ball finding the right guy. That's how the Magic want to play. And, and when they have Isaac able to contribute to that, it you can see it takes the burden off of everyone else. And I think that's a big reason why the Magic are playing a whole lot better right now is Isaac has just found this nice little groove that he is playing so well through right now. Let's also talk about Evan Fournier and, and, and the great game that he had both in both games this weekend. 17 points against Atlanta, 6 for 12 shooting, just 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, but I think the more important fact, 7 assists. Back in November, December, when Fournier was struggling with his shot, you know, I, I think I sat here, I'm pretty sure I did an episode on it, where I, I mentioned, you know, Evan Fournier's shot's not falling, and that does need to change. But he's still making a positive contribution because his assists are at a career high level. And they are. They still are. Those assists have become less pronounced. And as he continued to struggle with a shot or be really inconsistent with a shot, that was a that was a major sticking point, I think. That was a major thing of like, well, what's he really adding to the team if, he, if he's struggling to shoot other than just the threat of his spacing? So seeing Fournier continue to, I mean, he's been good about this, I think. He's been better about not forcing his drive so much and, and, and not fa- falling for the ta- for those uh, in-between shots. Um, he'll do it sometimes. I think I think he does tend to chuck a little bit. He, he does, you know, when it's his turn to shoot, he wants to shoot, and that's fine. Now, you want him to do that because he's a shooter, but he's not shooting it effectively, so that hurts. But starting to shoot a little bit better. Um, you know, we know that he can shoot better, and, and I, I think I've said this. If Evan Fournier were playing the way we would normally expect Evan Fournier to play, you know, I think the Magic are sitting in pole position. I think he, I think his slumps have, have cost the Magic a few wins. And again, not his fault completely. But, um, you know, he's just not hitting shots at the rate we expect him to make. He's obviously made some big shots for the Magic in, in high-profile situations. But Evan Fournier shooting 6-for-12, back-to-back good games for him. It does seem like he's, he's starting to find a rhythm again. And that's really important for this Magic team because they're going to need him. And if he can add that passing element to it again, it flattens that margin for error. It makes it a little bit wider. makes it a little bit easier for someone to have a bad game because someone else will pick up the slack. That's key to this whole thing. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, 19 points, 8 for 13, shooting 12 rebounds, 3 assists. Pretty uh, nondescript game for him. You know, you expect big games from him all the time, but you know, sometimes the guy is just good at spreading the floor and being a decoy, and, and I think he was that tonight. It was a good game. I thought he was good uh, defending the lane. Aaron Gordon, after a scary fall Saturday against the Milwaukee Bucks, struggled with foul trouble, finished with 12 points, 4 for 9 shooting, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. DJ Augustin, I don't think we talk about DJ Augustin enough in this space. I think I noted this. I kind of skip him in grades sometimes. He had a really nice game. 14 points, 10 assists, 6 for 9 shooting, 1 for 2 from beyond the arc. Really just controlled the game. The pace of the game was his to control. Did a great job driving into the lane keeping defenders off balance, creating space to slip passes to the to the perimeter to the perimeter to the, to the hoop, um, making the in-between shots. He was just a threat all over the floor. I really love DJ Augustin's game. He's been just like Nikola Vucevic. He's been Mr. Consistent. He, you know, you don't worry about his production. You don't really you take it for granted, honestly. Uh, and so I think it's important to note it when he plays really really well like he did uh, tonight. 
Wesawundu continues to play fantastic defense, 10.7 rebounds, 3 for 5 shooting. Orlando overall shoots 47.3%, 13 for 37 from beyond the arc, 25 for 28 from the foul line. The Magic are creeping up the free throw rate lists where they're not always last. Them and Boston are kind of flip-flopping now, which I think is a good sign. Um, 29 assists on 43 field goal makes. They hold Atlanta to 46.3% shooting, a lot of that coming in the fourth quarter, 13 for 32 from beyond the arc. Uh, Atlanta commits 11 turnovers, which is pretty good for them. But you look at their starters, didn't quite give them the oomph they need. John Collins, 15 points, 5 for 12 shooting. Uh, Kevin Herter was really good, 15 points. Trey Young, 13 points on 3 for 9 shooting. He added 7 assists as well. Uh, Omari Spellman with 10 points. Alex Len with 16 because he's a magic killer. Jeremy Lin with 12. You know, Atlanta just never could get themselves into the game. Orlando blew the doors open in the second quarter uh, with, a, with a barrage of threes and makes and, and really finished the quarter strong. Um, Atlanta could never really recover. Orlando's defense was just so good. Um, not until the fourth quarter when the game was already decided and the game was over and then the Magic had taken care of business. The Magic defeat the Atlanta Hawks 124-108 to at State Farm Arena. Orlando's heading to New Orleans. They'll take on the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Steve Clifford said something after the game that I consider to be one of the greatest compliments a coach can give a team. And it, it doesn't sound like a compliment, but but I, I do believe it is kind of an acknowledgement that a, that a team, especially this kind of team, has reached a certain level. I've sat here and I've talked that I, I do believe this Magic team is a playoff team. I believe they have the talent and the ability to make the playoffs, and that's why even through all the losing, I have chosen to hold them to that standard. I'm, I'm holding them to the standard of their ability and, and the expectations that they've set for themselves by playing to that ability, by showing that talent. And, and, and I've taken heat for it because during losing streaks, everyone tends to panic and, and jump ship, but here we are, a game and a half out of the playoffs. Still a lot of time left. A lot of things can happen. They've matched last year's win total before the All-Star break. And Orlando does look like a playoff team again. Like the way they've played over the last two weeks where they've won five of their last six. That's how the Magic can play. And I hold them to that standard. I think it should be obvious to everyone who is watching this team that they can make a push. Even if it's just sneaking in as the 8th seed. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship or win a series or even win a game in the playoffs. I, although I do think just playing in the playoffs is, is worth it for so many reasons. But you can see this sense creeping into the team that not only do they understand where they're at, they're not satisfied with it. 
So back to that compliment. Steve Clifford was asked a variety of questions after the game. One of them, one of them, someone asked him, you know, did are you did you expect to this team to be in the playoff hunt this late? And and Clifford, I think, gave the right answer. I, I think he said, you know, you don't do this if you don't think you can make the playoffs. I mean, I I don't think we spoke about those expectations directly, but you know, there's definitely a hunger to make the playoffs, and and I believe that this team had has the talent to do so, but it wasn't ever explicitly said. And, and Clifford's been on record saying that, that he didn't believe in setting expectations for this team. He didn't want to set a limit to what this team could do at the beginning of the season because who knows, maybe they could have been that 50-win team, that 50-win breakout team. They're not. Don't worry. But Clifford said something else that, that I thought was really important and an important compliment and an important notice notice of the stage this team is at. When asked to when asked about the game itself and what he liked about his team, he said this was a professional win. A professional win. It's not something you think about a whole lot, but it, it, it's that thing that I've kind of described throughout this podcast cuz cuz I watched the game but there wasn't really anything to break down. There wasn't anything painfully obvious to say outside of the Magic played really well. They executed their stuff. They defended at a high level. They made plays when they had to. They put their foot down and they won running away. They beat them up. A professional win is is a win that comes when you have built-in excuses, you have reasons to say, oh, we don't have to show up. We could show up for the fourth, you know, keep it close, show up for the fourth quarter, and we're done. You know, we had the back-to-back, this crazy back-to-back. That's the reason why we didn't play our best. No. A professional win is taking care of your business. Ignoring all that stuff. Pushing through it. And getting the job done anyway. I often said about the, the, the 2009, you know, 2008, 2010 Magic teams, what always really impressed me was, was how they, they didn't have to play their best and yet they found a way to win. You know, they played really, really like high-level basketball for eight, nine minutes against a lot of teams and that was enough. This Magic team's not that. But those teams also had a lot of games where a writer like me is struggling to find something to write about because they were just plainly the better team. They took care of business and moved on to the next one. That's a professional win. And for the last six years, the Magic have not been in many positions where they could have a win like that. Frankly, there there weren't many teams that it didn't take the Magic playing their absolute best to win or or where the Magic were expected to take care of business. That's what happened here. Orlando went to Atlanta. They played a weaker opponent and they took care of business in just a ho-hum way. The only thing we're going to remember about this game is Jonathan Isaac just destroying things defensively and that's becoming so commonplace that it's expected. There's nothing particularly special about this game. 
really these last two games, except for maybe Saturday, the surprise of playing so well and so thoroughly dominating a team even without Giannis. But what does this mean? What does winning, quote-unquote, professionally mean? Well, clearly, the Magic are clicking at the right moment. They've got a lot of players who have developed over the course of the season to step into these key roles and are delivering at the exact right moment. Take Isaiah Briscoe. I know I've mentioned that that a lot of the Magic's young players have, have shown development before. But take Isaiah Briscoe. Back in December, the Magic were running Jonathan Simmons at point guard because Briscoe was simply not ready to play. When they threw him out there, he looked overwhelmed like he was going a million miles a minute, was a pinball just bouncing off people, was completely out of control, wasn't under, wasn't passing the ball effectively, certainly wasn't a scorer, that's, that's not what he is at this moment, and defensively was just fouling left and right. He, he wasn't ready for the speed of the game. Fast forward a month and a half later, and Isaac is clearly the backup point guard. He's routinely racking up four, five, six, seven assist games. He had seven assists against the Bucks, Racking up high assist games off the bench. And, you know, honestly, I know we're all excited about Markel Fultz joining the team, but Isaiah Briscoe looks like he could, he's, gonna, he's not going to let go of that backup point guard position. Fultz is going to have to fight his way into the rotation. I, I, I have to say that. I'm sure Magic will carve out minutes for him to play if he's ready to play. But Briscoe's played really, really well. And you can track that development in a lot of players, from Isaac to Awundu to Birch to Briscoe to even Fournier to Gordon. And how they've slowly gotten better over the course of the season to, to, to this point now where the Magic are playing their best basketball, they're clearly improving, and they're clicking at the exact right moment to make this kind of a push. At a moment where a lot of teams are gearing up for the playoffs, the Magic are too. They're getting better. And so this idea that the Magic had this professional win is about... All of it. The improvement from individual players, the, the confidence that's been growing and building, the expectation to win, the determination now within the Magic to play in the playoffs. It's been asked of a lot of these guys of late, what does it mean to be playing meaningful games? And everyone pretty much says, you know, this is what we play for, this is what we fought for, but we haven't done anything yet. They know it. And so to me, what this all means and what this all should give credit to is that they're buying in to what Steve Clifford is selling. Steve Clifford, you know, really for the first time since Stan Van Gundy was around. And, and that last year with Stan Van Gundy was, was a mess. But until uh, since the We All We Got crew with Glenn Davis and Jameer Nelson and Jason Richardson, this group is buying in wholly to their coach. They have seen that what their coach is saying, what their coach is preaching, the message their coach is delivering can work. 
It is sinking in and they are executing on it. And that makes for a dangerous team. Now, should this have happened earlier? Should this, you know, yes, you can argue that. But it takes time and it takes practice to get used to a new coach. It takes time and, it, and again, this team's margin for error is very small. It takes time for young players to develop on the curve that the Magic want, wanted them to develop. You know, again, Briscoe wasn't doing this in December. Birch still has some of his struggles, but but he's stepped in really well since Mobamba left. And Mobamba was making progress before his injury. This is a team that has seemingly bought in to what the coach is selling and now has the confidence that they can achieve their goals. And like I said, that makes for a dangerous team. That makes for, dare I say it, a playoff team. There's still work to do. The Magic have put themselves in a little bit of a hole. They still have that talent deficit that, that, that we all recognize they have. But they believe, and it's very clear they believe, they're in the fight and they can get there. And they trust their coach is going to get them there. And that's a very powerful realization. And Steve Clifford deserves all the credit for how he has managed this season. Yes, we can quibble about some rotation decisions. We can quibble about how quickly or how slowly he's moved on to guys, but the Magic are getting there. It's it's very clear that his schemes and his sets work when they're executed well. And the team buys into it, and they're buying into it more and more. They're playing much better offensively. Like, things have started to click with this team. And that the young players who've gained his trust, it's because they've gotten better and shown they've earned it. And so when they enter the court, they're ready to go. There's still tweaks and adjustments to make. This is still, like like I've said as well, this is a winding season. 500 teams like the Magic, or teams like the Magic in the position they're at, have wild ups and downs. They have wild swings. This is no different. The Magic are in an upswing now. They need to bank as many wins as they can and hope that they can keep this momentum rolling. But of course, there's still plenty of work to do. Orlando does have a lot. They still need to fix, a lot they still need to clean up. Some big opponents still on the schedule, but plenty of opportunity. And opportunity they believe they can get. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be posting a Q&A with the Sixers' sense coming up about Marco Fultz and his time with Philadelphia and what Magic fans can expect. So definitely check that out when it's published. Uh, and of course... Stay tuned to our Twitter account at Daily for the latest on the Orlando Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.